Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Free and Free podcast. We are weeks away from regular season action. Um, and if you're lucky enough, being a Belfast fan, you've already got your competitive hockey started as we do this recording. As ever, we have the Diva and Scott. I think Scott's happy today. Don't know why, and we'll not bother asking him. Uh, John, Scott, how are you, gents? Not doing too bad. Good to see you both. And obviously, Paddy tonight as well. Looking forward well, to it. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm not bad, thank you. As John's alluded to, um, our guest this evening uh, is uh, fair to describe the OG of uh, podcasts, the original uh, podcast for Super League, I think Memo says right, and the Elite League. Um, kind of paved the way for upstarts like ours and other um, broadcasts that uh, you can get on Spotify and whatever. It's our pleasure to welcome Patrick Smith onto the podcast. Paddy, how are you, my friend? Uh, I'm great there. Thanks, guys. Good to see you. So, listen, um, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, I, I spoke to you as all in uh, at the playoffs, so I've been really enjoying really enjoying what you're doing with this podcast, and I'm very humble that you, you've taken the time to, to ask me on. Um, I will say you've got more than a, a knowledgeable and capable voice in, in John Smith who comes on, on very regularly, and, uh, and the, uh, the tie issue this is, is, a, is a tough thing to do, but I'll, uh, I'll do my best. He's a... Uh, a top lad, but he seems to be enjoying himself or have enjoyed himself in Finland, but not so much from the result of Ibrox today. Hi, John. Now, we've been getting the updates on how much he's been enjoying himself in Finland. Um, and it is a tough ask, uh, probably one of the uh, the better voices uh, that we've had on the uh, the, the great, podcast. Great guy, great guy. Um, we've, we've got a fair bit to go through, but we'll start, as we mentioned, on the, the Jack Billings um, pod that we had with him and the, the Negan Panthers deep dive. We did do um, a kind of a review, review of that. Um, technical issues uh, screwed us over. So, Scott, John, we'll just quickly, what did you think to that segment? I was impressed with him. He, he spoke honestly. Um, it's refreshing to have someone on that doesn't want to sort of uh, not say the wrong thing to upset somebody. Um, swears more than me, all of us put together, to be fair. So, uh, but it was good. And it was good to have a little sort of uh, dig about his experience in the league. And I thought you guys did a good job. And, uh, yeah, he's a good, good fella, to be fair. Refreshing to see honesty as well, because all we get is nothing but great things from the league and everything like that. And I had a conversation with him February time and you could see how down in the dumps he was. He was still recovering from the hit and probably never did recover from the hit. And to be as far as away from home as he was, and he, he was brutally honest about that. That's a lot of players won't be honest when talk about, it. I know his career's over, but um, I still expect him to guess for Orlando this year or something, you know, because he'll probably want that book back and they they obviously wanted to sign him and him being in Tampa, it's not too far away. But yeah, I love the honesty. Absolutely. The honesty was uh, there. And, and like I said uh, afterwards, you know, I can forgive him for the no shits given about Sheffield line. Uh, but he was great value um, and he was fun to, to listen to. Uh, Patrick, I know you listened to that one. What did you think to it? I, I agree with what you guys have said. It's all too often that you get guys who do not give you the honesty that you really crave, you know, because a lot of these guys, especially like those come through the NCAA, and first of all, the the the, the idea that you're jumping from uh, NCAA 3 to NCAA and you have to take a year out and play redshirt before you can play the game, I think is incredible. It's good that that's gone now, but that's incredible that you punish a guy 
for getting better. Ridiculous that he had to go through that. But that that aside, I thought the honesty you got from him was was remarkable. It's, you know, yes, his career's over. Yes, maybe he didn't have the 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 demon on his shoulder saying that I can't say things here in case I you know I, I wind somebody up the wrong way. But to get the insight that you got that you guys got from him, I thought was brilliant. And yeah, all too often. We're interviewing guys, and you think to yourself, "Yeah, but what do you really think?" And with with that interview, Jack, you got what he really thought. But I thought it was great. Ah, so uh, it was a good segment, and we will share his um, his uh, fitness and nutrition work that he's doing now uh, after this episode is released. So, Paddy, we brought you on. Let's let's talk a bit of Belfast. Um, okay, three <laughs> times in a row the league title. Um, yes, I don't know if that's been mentioned. Has it? Um, John has been kept, we, and, John has been very quiet won, on this one. I've got to be honest. He's, he's, we won three major trophies last season as well. Uh, I, I lost well. count when they pretended they won the trophy in, in the lockout year. So it, that was four of them, wasn't it? We're on five or six now. Nobody, the year that we didn't nobody, play, that counts too. Is it? Is it? How nobody, many? Pretended they, nobody pretended they won a trophy <laughs> in the lockout year. Nobody won a trophy in the locker here, isn't that right? Nobody did. <laughs> all trophies were all <laughs> I wasn't at the seat either, so I've got no sort of evidence <laughs> of it either. I was but, travelling back from Canada, so it's uh, an urban myth. No, nah, it was a wonderful day. Uh, but no, jokes aside, three league titles. Um, the Grand Slam last year, for the past few years, you've managed to keep quite the core of the team. This year has been a bit of a, a change. What's your, your overall thoughts on the, the roster that uh, Adam Keefe has put together? Um, it's large. <laughs> it's, uh, there's a there's a lot of guys on that roster. Listen, we all know that the the plague of being in the elite league is when you get a successful team, you're going to lose players because if you if you retain the Scott Conways, if you retain the Sam Rips, if you retain you know the the David Goodwins, then what ambition do they have? Okay, Goody, I'm not sure where he went, but Sam went to Germany. You know, we've got the, uh, and Kahn's has gone to, to Slovakia, he's scoring goals there. And you know you're going to lose some of these key guys. So what do you do to replace them? You have to go into the market and do your best to try to, like a bit of money ball, and try to mitigate the loss in goals, try to mitigate the loss in hits, try to get mitigate the loss in, you know, defensive, defensively. And I think we, from, okay, let's put it this way. We've played four games and we haven't won one yet. But from what I've seen, I'm pretty confident that you know if we can keep a level of fitness in the team, um, which is always a plague on every single team in the Elite League, I think we'll be there or thereabouts. I'm relatively pleased. Now, that's on the basis of seeing you know, two preseason games against Cardiff and you know, a decent showing against Luca and a shellacking against, um, uh, against uh, Tapper. But you know, let's let's get into the real let's get into the real thing of you know, the elite league. A, a problem that I have, and you know, I know you've got CHL on the uh, on the agenda, Dave. So I'll not dig into it too much. But you know, I, you don't want to go too health for leather in these games and then lose guys. Like my my general is, is out for a, for a few weeks, but then as a conversation I had with my good friends on a view from the bridge, Davy and, and says, we're two months away, nearly. From any elite league games, you know, we, we yes, we've got the Challenge Cup, but let's be fair, we're in a group that have, you know, we've got Fife, uh, Dundee, and the Minuscule Clan. You know, it's not, you know, we're, we are probably going to go through that group. So, if we do take any injuries now, like we have with gentlemen, we're not getting any meaningful elite league games till late October. So, you know, it's um the the, the team as it is, from what I've seen. I'm relatively pleased. Patrick, I'm sure we'll have some proper hockey debate later on, but let me get one big question in early. 
set the yeah. tone. I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But when when a new 15 imports arrive and you've played four games, you've got battered in all four games, home and away. You can't win a game in UK. You can't win a game in Europe. It's obviously a complete disaster. So when the new 15 oh, imports oh, absolute, arrive... Absolute disaster, John. Absolute disaster. Sorry, what was the question? <laughs> I'm sure I'll be more sensible, but I just thought, you know, it didn't make me giggle for, I know, but obviously I'm sure, as you say, these games don't really count for an awful lot come March and April next year, and people getting in angry about losses or angry, you know, about losing games or winning and being happy. No one gives a shit, it's pre-season, and the CHL, as you say, is preparation for the league. That's it. You know, it's like, it's again, I know I don't want to jump forward on your agenda, but... What I wanted to see from the games in the Challenge, or sorry, in the Champions Hockey League, was a bit of grit and see what we have. And even the games against you guys in Cardiff, and the one I was, I got home for the game in Belfast, and it was great. And I thought that we had real control of parts of that game. I honestly, I thought we had control of most of that game, even though we were, you know, we we dropped the goals and we and we came back in it late in. But the way that the likes of uh, Quinn Preston was and the speed that he was showing, Sato has speed to burn. And that's where we are in this league now. I know we'll come there. I know it's Scott wants to talk about Riley Brandt later, but we speed the burn because other aspects of the game that used to be are gone now. We need, you need to have speed. You need to have that ability. You, not just speed, but you need to have the hands at speed to go tape to tape and create. And we were seeing sort of early stages of that. You go in against the game against Tabra, who have been more or less a, a solid unit since the draw was made back in May, and they've been training since then because they're more or less all fins and, and they can do that. Well, if we're going to go in there where we've had a training camp of about two and a half weeks, we are going to get ripped apart. They're the champions, Hockey League champions. What more do you expect? What you need to do is go into those games, understand what you want to learn from your team, and bring it into the Elite League. Paddy, you're obviously... As you mentioned, you had quite a few departures, but you had uh, one guy come back, Mark Cooper, who's been announced as your captain. You've you've announced your leadership group. What does Mark bring to the Belfast Giants? If you ask um, a good friend of us all, Neil Russell, uh, he describes him constantly as the MVP of the Belfast Giants. When you want a big game player and you want a guy who stands up in the big game, it is Mark Cooper. You know, you look at the the overtime winner against the Cardiff Devils in the in the Challenge Cup. You look at the okay, there was an empty net he scored in the in the um in the playoff final, but he was phenomenal in that playoff final there just a few months ago. He I don't like. There's a real cliche in 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 hockey, and certainly in Belfast Giants circles, is you know he gets it. You know, I mean, he knows what our organisation's about. He knows what it is to be a Belfast Giants. Listen, we, you're paid to be a player here. It's not you're you're not doing it for the sake of it. You're paid to be a player here. But but in coops, you've got a player who you know when game after game he is going to stand up and he's going to play hard. He has the ability to score. He has he, his back checking is phenomenal at times. The, the amount of effort he has coming back in, in, into the defensive zone, and yeah, the, the entirety of the leadership group when you take in the longer and um, uh, longer and Garside and Ben Lake, there's there are guys who know how to win. There's guys who know how to win trophies and are more than experienced in this league. You know, I always say that the experience in this league counts for something. When you bring in you guys into the league. Going all the way up to um, coaching staff, you know, and think that they're just going to hit the ground running. It very, very rarely happens. The only person um, 
I can think it really happened was Ben Simon at, at, at Sheffield Steelers, where he came in. But then he was a guy who was able to put the team on his back on the ice and win the championship himself. And that's where that really came from. And that's why, but then from a coaching stance, that's why he went on to bigger, better things in the AHL, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But how many, how many coaches come into this league and hit the ground running will have no experience? Very, very few. So that's why I'm not surprised from our leadership group that we've went all the way and gone with the guys who have more than enough experience in the elite league and know what they're leading into. We've said a number of times to coach that come in that have no experience, it's, it becomes a gamble for that reason. Oh, it's, and it's, 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 a, it's a bizarre nuance of it where you thought you shouldn't be, but it always seems to be the case that oh, you know, new coaches just find a struggle. But, but that's and that's where my confusion comes from from the, the Nottingham Panthers perspective. Just a sort of a tangent is that you know why didn't they or maybe they did, but why didn't they go after Danny Stewart? You know there there's a guy who has an ability. He's showing what he can do in Coventry. Has ability in the elite league, and instead they've got this Vanessa Paradis or whatever his name is. And it's you know and whether he's going to be able to turn and you know create a team. That not, they'll bring the Nottingham Panthers any sort of success having not had experience in the league. I don't know. Now, I will say that we have had, we have a person at Alphas Jams who say that he's a phenomenal, phenomenal coach and some of the best he's ever played for. You know, but you still need experience in this league. You still need to know that it's not, you know, it's not like any other league in, in hockey. You, two, as we always say, two points in October mean the same as two points in March. You can't take a night off. No, the format doesn't allow that um, whatsoever. So we'll, we'll kind of cover off the CHL um, okay. from the, obviously this weekend, like you said, uh, Friday Friday night uh, against Lukarama, and then Saturday was against the the best of the best in, in Tapa. Um, so a, a start to go, that's tough, especially on the road. But um, a fair fair compete level across both games would be fair to say. Uh, when we took the lead against Luca uh, in. Um... On Friday night, I couldn't believe it. Um, I, I was sat in the the local pub around the corner from me here in Manchester, and also in the pub were um, two guys, Nick Crawley and his dad, uh, John Crawley. John Crawley, long time GB uh, kitman, uh, Team Ireland kitman. It was actually John's seventy ninth birthday, so we were chatting, and they were they were in the pub as well, and we were just talking about the standard of the Finnish game and, uh, and what you know what what the Jazz were bringing, and I thought. <laughs> Yes, Luca probably weren't the, they're not on the level of Tapper or, but I thought what we brought to that game, that we were in that game right to the very end. Like, it was an empty net goal that sealed 3 1. You know, we were in that game. We were fighting for that game right to the very end. Okay, Gentleman takes an injury and it probably affects us the next night. Two face offs within 24 hours against Finnish opposition to travel in the middle is also going to do you one. But then that's the game. Like, that, that isn't, that isn't unique in hockey. Like, I'll have that happen. Not just in the Champions Hockey League, it happens everywhere. I thought our compete level uh, in the first game was excellent. And in the second game, uh, you know, as I said to you before, and I'll be very honest about this, I, I watched it till 4 now, and I'll, I'll catch up with the rest of it later because I, I didn't expect anything less than, than what we saw. Like In the first 30 minutes of that game, we got one shot on goal. The, the, the ability of, of Tapper to, to shut down at the back and limit shots and actually just clear their zone. They were so tight, so quick, and it was so effective. It was just remarkably impressive. You know, and, but you know, you know what you're facing. And that's why when you see that and you see what you're facing there, 
That's why the Champions Hockey League isn't a serious competition for elite league teams. It can't be because we don't have the infrastructure, we don't have the resource, and we don't have the ability to to, to challenge at the higher echelons of the Champions Hockey League. I'd love it if we could, but the fact that a lot of teams, you know, and rightly so, take pride in the fact that you were able to get through the groups and get to the knockout stages, that is them. But I would much rather have that massive dinner plate that the Nottingham Panthers won in the in the Continental Cup on our mantelpiece and say that we won that because that's probably the compete level that the Elite League's currently at. Then basically say, well, we went toe-to-toe a little bit with the big boys, but eventually we got knocked out and we won nothing. And if you go hell for leather in the Champions Hockey League, because you think, oh, we want the Aspire to be at this level, and you end up losing players because of it, is it really worth it? If you end up getting a long-term injury because you want to go toe-to-toe with Tapra, is it really worth it? Not for me, it's not. That's, that's a fair assessment on, on that one. Um, I watched the, the Lukarama game, and I, I thought you guys were were outstanding. Uh, you you played played them and got them on the on the put them on the toast row. They, they didn't get comfortable at any stage. And, and in fairness, mm-hmm. they're equaliser. They got lucky with uh, a few missing sticks. So, so you put all that together, and this is no way a knock in terms of the question. Do you reckon in time, the, the like Saad and Keith may go, that was a, a coulda, woulda, shoulda result that could have been there for you guys to take? Maybe. Maybe. I think, I, I honestly, I, I agree with you. I thought Beskar was excellent in the game. I thought he was... He was um, he was challenged quite a bit, and I thought at times maybe we were a bit defensively open. But when you've got Tyler Beskarowani, you've got a chance. Um, yeah, I I agree. Yeah, I think there was an opportunity there to, to basically raise a few eyebrows. And unfortunately, it slipped away. I thought that you know, especially their second goal came as a, a bit of a luck. And defensively, especially on the penalty kill, I'm I'm not a fan of this rule. I'm not a fan of this new CHL rule. I, it it's going to punish weaker teams. Because you know, it, it, okay, it gives weaker teams a chance if they if they get on the power play, but it's really going to punish them if they go on the penalty kill. And I, I, I just not so when every time they went on the power play, my arse clenched, and I thought we are this could be really difficult here. Um, and but the cre- credit to them, um, the the PK unit came up. Trumps quite a few times. They're disappointed that the next night we actually scored short. They actually scored short-handed and got their man back in Tampa. But you know, I, I don't know about what you guys think about it now that you've seen it in action. But the idea of a two-minute enforced power play just doesn't sit well with me at all. It's certainly different. Um, yeah, and but I can, I, I, can under, and I can understand where you're coming from in respect of it will punish the smaller teams and also you look at the likes of the Scandinavian teams they you know we when we've been in the CHL and, and John will probably have the same one you say keep five and five you've got a chance mm-hmm. you go PK power play that's when they'll kill you and, yeah. I su- and I suspect that is the case and yeah I think we'll and, see it again and, and also you take into account that the, the style of hockey we play in the elite league you know probably a bit more of a North American lean and physical side then you're going into Finland where you're trying to play that and you're going to take penalty you're going to take penalty like when yeah. we went to um, when we went in the in the Continental Cup, the land shoot, we were taking phenomenal amount of penalties for things that we would consider soft. But they were yeah. the hand was going up and the hand was going up. If you if you translate that into what we're seeing now, you're you're playing with four men for the guts of a period because even if they score, you're still not getting the man back. Exactly. I mean, when I went to Davos with Cardiff, literally the first two or three minutes, it was a five on three, five on three, five on three. 
I was like, what the fuck? And they scored, I think, two goals in the first minute, minute and a half. Yeah. And as you say, on plays that the, the players wouldn't have been expected to get called on. Um, so you're absolutely right. You know, it's all well and good getting those early power plays and then you concede. But they come at you again. They come at you again. And they come at you again for two minutes. So, and you're you, not, you're you not going to get so, shorty. Sorry to interrupt you, but you look at our game against you in Cardiff just a couple of weeks ago. You guys take a penalty and we score two goals in that power play. We score two goals in quick succession on that power play. It's not fair. It's in, you know, you, it's the idea that well, you're on the penalty kill here, so you have to earn your way out of it. You have to, but you have to earn your way out of it with four men. You have to score shorthanded. That's the only way. Otherwise, you have to wait those two minutes. It, it doesn't seem fair to me. Not exactly, and as you say, especially when they would call in soft penalties anyway. The North American kind of style game that we play in this league anyway, it's not as slick as a European game, and you're going to get called all the time. And can I go back to one point you? You raise, and I, I'm genuinely sort of interested in this. And listen to what you said, and you make a fair point in terms of winning a trophy. Obviously, winning the Conti, yeah, no one would say no to that. Well, maybe Guildford and, and Sheffield would say no to that. Should have probably question, you know, worded that question a bit better. Then clearly, uh, clearly, people don't always want to win things. But thinking obviously more of the long term, would you genuinely not rather see your Belfast team playing in the CHL? It, just because I know that the British teams are going to get whipped and we're not going to qualify that often. If we do, we're going to get whipped in the next round. But just for the overall, the kudos of being involved, yeah. the, the prestige don't, of being involved. Don't misunderstand me, John. I'm not saying that Belfast Giants or, or the Elite League should pull out of the CHL. I'm not saying that in the slightest. Uh, I think, you know, I would, I, what I'm saying is I probably enjoy watching the Belfast Giants more watching us compete within the channel. I think my experiences of us competing in the um, Continental Cup in Lanshut, in Arian, in um, back in Belfast again, you know, those experiences of being able of going toe to toe, losing in the final game against Ireland, you know, some of those some of those experiences those where we were battling for a trophy or battling with it, I've enjoyed more. But I have thoroughly enjoyed my CHL experiences. But not so much to do with the hockey. I've enjoyed going to Augsburg. I've enjoyed going here. I've enjoyed going out. I've enjoyed the games themselves. But I don't think we're that. I don't think. Well, you know, if we get past Augsburg here, we have a chance of getting on to some deep into the competition. I want to win trophies. I want to see the Belfast Giants compete. But I still think we should compete in the CHL. I still think we should. We just need to understand what it is for us. We're the we're the the, the body bar ourselves of 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 the Champions League. You know, it's it, I I don't mean this. It sounds like being really disparaging, and it is disparaging. But we just need to understand our role. We need to understand what we want to get from it, and we will get we'll get a hell of a lot from it. We'll get a hell of a lot. We, we've just played two of the biggest teams in Europe, and we're going on to next week to play Innsbruck in Innsbruck, and then we're coming back and we're going to get. And I think we'll get something from at least one of the games back at home. So the experiences that our team will get and going toe to toe with some of these guys before we go into a. <laughs> two exhibition games against the minuscule clan. It's not, it's not, you know, it's not insurmountable that we can have a fully fledged running team by the time we go in against the clan in Belfast in two weeks' time. But that's what we need to get from it, and that's that's the experience that the team need and want. Likewise, you look at the you look at the fun that was had by the fans in Finland in the last couple of days. You don't, you know, you don't turn that down. So no, I don't think the Belfast Giants shouldn't be in the CHL. What I'm saying is, I probably have enjoyed the Continental Cup more from my own perspective. 
Yeah, well, you might be back in there next year if uh, people's league mm. predictions go. Nope. But anyway, uh, well, let's look at it. Like fin- Finland, you're talking what? NHL, KHL, SHL, then the Finnish league in rankings yeah. in the league. So it's, it's fine. Um, World did... champions, Olympic champions. Yeah, it's uh, it's. It, I think it's brilliant that uh, you compete. It's definitely competed in the first game on the Friday. I've been, um, I've been a bit concerned about the signing of Elijah Bariga. I had Ryan Bevan message me literally a minute after the game finished, going, "Well, he's very good, isn't he?" And uh, I'm maybe trying to put a bit of egg on my face. Um, what I, what I did find with the guys, they worked really hard, um, and they are all showing that they want to play for Adam already. I, I found, I thought that was very obvious. Yeah. Uh, on, on the Bariga thing, like, and, and I will say this, um, we constantly say this every season, we're only four games in here. Let's judge them after 10. Let's yeah. see, you know, and 10 actual games, not just preseason game. Let's just get into the season and see where the guys are because you can, you can see guys, you can light it up now in the CHL and they've got it. You know, we're, we're in Finland now, watch me play. You know, and I do agree, I thought Bariga was excellent over the weekend, but, these guys, you know, when you when you go into these things, watch me play, watch me do it. Let's get into the actual day to day of the elite league and see where these guys are. On your point about Adam Keith, listen, Kiefer, who here when Adam Keith took over as coach thought that Adam Keith would achieve what he has in the, in the last number of years? You know, you think about the, as a leader on the ice, he was second to none. You know, we, and I thought he was so. As I always remember when Doug Christensen made him captain, and on a view from the bridge, we interviewed Doug about him. I said it's a it's a, a rarity that you get a guy in that role being made such a leader, such a captain. You know, because he he is a role player, and he said so. He, and I remember Doug saying this is like that in the locker room, nobody nobody stands up like Adam Keith does. So he, I think that he has shown since he took over and went behind the bench exactly what he's able to do, and he's been able to take more or less every single player, bar one or two last season, and every single player. Uh, with him and win trophies. So to see the way that they were playing was was remarkable. And yeah, it's uh, it, it bodes well when we come into the the, the the real deal in a few weeks' time. You you bang on with the preseason. I am what twenty odd years watching the Blaze. I've got so excited about these players uh, oh, yeah. playing in the preseason, and I still do it oh, now. Yeah. I tell myself not to, yeah. and I do. I got stung by Matt Marquardt, who couldn't be asked being oh, here, um, and then went on to yeah. like rip it up in Sheffield but they didn't have him back mm. either so yeah you think oh, yeah. Oh, I'm really excited about this guy really excited oh, yeah. about this guy so yes oh yeah look at this guy he scored, he scored look, we, we've had a pre-season game against Fife and he scored 10 goals well yeah brilliant uh, yeah. but we're all guilty of it and you said uh, just wrapping up the CHL you've got Innsbruck on uh, the next games you've got yep. Nathaniel Halbert there um, mm. he is still adhering himself to referees to see because he took two my Two two-minute minors within four minutes. So uh, he's, yeah. uh, he's, nothing's changed there. So you can just try and play on him a little bit, I feel. We also have, um, they also have uh, Kevin Moir, who played NCAA in, uh, for North uh, Northwestern and came to the French of War. And he's a player. He play, you know, He's an absolute player and uh, um, played with um, Zach Ashton Reese and, and those guys when, when, when the French of War came to Belfast. And uh, he was the captain of that team, as far as I remember. Uh, he is a good player, and he's yeah, he scored two goals there um, just the other day in in, in the Champions Hockey League. So yeah, it'll be an interesting one. And that's you know what, 
one of the things, lads, is one of the, you know, life, I don't need to tell you boys, but life gets on top of you. And watching all these guys go out to Finland and watching them go out to, to Innsbruck. And I, I love going to Innsbruck. Like, I've been to Innsbruck many times. Uh, I'm unable to go to any of these away games this year. And it just breaks my heart. <laughs> I just really want to, I just really want to get out there. And, and again, going back to your question, John, you know, that's it. You know, it's, it's getting out there more, more than the hockey. It's getting out there and enjoy the fact that my team are on the road in Europe and I want to, and I want to be part of there as a fan. But exactly. at the minute, life doesn't allow it. Yeah. Selfishly, that as a fan, my best experience has ever been watching CHL in random places I never would expect to get to. And I do hope that the British teams take it seriously. We're never going to get past the, the first round. Is there any Irish teams I can think I- Yes, yeah, the Belfast chance. Are they Irish or Northern Irish? Are we, do we stand on that? I don't know. You want to I'm not going to go down that road. I'm not going to go down that road. I don't know. But no, but, but yeah, I'm, I say, I mean, I'm, from I'm a social... I've switched to the Freud now, so it's going to get a bit larynx. <laughs> yeah, like, obviously, all the boys obviously are having a great time as well. And obviously, Dave and I have both been to that uh, city. They had a good time there. Dave's been back again since, ironically. And yeah, the, the experience is a last a lifetime. And as much as we all... Love the game and domestic can be a bit monotonous. You go to Coventry X at times, Cardiff, Belfast, Fife, wherever. It's nothing new. It's nothing exciting. Going to go to Innsbruck, going to go to Tampere. Good on the guys having a good time out there. And the longer the league can compete with it, well, to try and stay to compete as long as we can, then good for us. As you say, we're probably like the, the shittest team in the Champions League in football terms. We really are. And we're never going to be much more than that. But in terms of recruitment, it does help recruitment. We all know that yeah. that old can, carrot can be dangled in recruitment in the summer. Okay, it's only six games, potentially more. But players take that seriously. Oh, you're playing they against do. Burn, you're playing against Dawos, wherever, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a good recruitment tool for Kiefer and whoever's obviously coaching Sheffield or Cardiff in the future. I'm sure if they qualify, they'll be using that as a good tool. And yeah, um, yeah. hopefully you get some results, you know, when they can you bring your boys back home. We had Darren Nazarian on our show just the other week, and he cited the CHL as one of the reasons why he came to play. You know, and yeah. you know he and and a good player that he is, and we've heard it from a, a number of players of that. So yeah, it is a it is a massive recruiting tool of being tool of being able to go, especially now that you're not playing just three games home and away against the same opposition. I actually quite like the change to having like six different teams, you know, uh, and, and and having a, having that approach because you get that variety, you know, and then because you know. Playing Dundee fifteen times before the end of November is one thing, but when you're able to, you know, offer, you know, going in and we're going to fly to Finland, we're going to fly to Innsbruck, and then we're going to have these guys come and play in Belfast. You know, that's it. it is, it's a draw. You know, it's a big draw. So you kind of answered the question I'm going to ask you there, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll go ask on. It, ask it anyway, David. That's never stopped before. Ask it it anyway. hasn't, but it will tonight. Um, I'll ask one. Um, Obviously, Innsbruck away, you've Bolzano, Red Bull Salzburg, and Powderbits coming up at home. You've already mentioned that that's where you may get some points. Which one of the three at home do you reckon's the more likely that you Bolzano think? Bolzano for me. Bolzano for me. I think you know, we've had experience of playing Bolzano before in preseason. And, you know, I, obviously, I think that league's getting stronger. It is getting stronger. But I think that Bolzano, Red Bull Salzburg also gives us an opportunity to, to, to maybe put one on them. But I remember like Liberec coming in a couple of seasons ago, or uh, last season. When was it? When did Liberec come in? I've, I've been drinking today. The, the <laughs> come in. Yes, man, I've watched the tour of the Britain. Um, anyway, the uh, Liberec came in. They flew in in the afternoon. 
and they were flying out uh, and they were flying out an hour after the game. That's how seriously they took the game at Belfast. They thought they'd come in, pick up a pick up a few points, and then piss off. And they went back with their tail between their legs with their coach complaining that we were too physical. You know, it, it happens that some teams will come into Belfast thinking, you know, that we are the, the the shit team in the league, and they will take they will be complacent. Maybe less so as we as elite league teams start taking wins as we have been. But um, of all the teams that are coming in, I would I would look at Bolzano as a real opportunity of getting a win in Belfast. Next would be Red Bull Salzburg. Was that the one where the coach referred to as more like the slap shot? That's the very one. It's yeah. a bit more, more like the movie Slap Shot. Yeah. Like, he... oh, and you know what? I didn't even think it was that physical a game. It wasn't actually. I, I, I no, know I watched the game, game it too. It wasn't at all. Um, no, it wasn't. I watched the game you know, as well. Maybe... They got, they got... They, they got light like... in the faces of the refs as well because they were they were they thought that we were roughing them up and we weren't. It was just it, that was just we were playing like a standard elite league game and they were yeah. just basically crying about in it. Fairness, I, if I'm honest, I think you played it very similar to the Lukarama game and you played a very physical, a good physical where the referees weren't going to get interested. And I think Liberec just didn't like it; they weren't expecting it, like you say. Um, I, I think though you may um, have the same. With Salzburg, it's in the middle of the season. It's kind of the, from their perspective, it's a, an inconvenience. They'll play on the Saturday Sunday flying. Mm-hmm. I think that's where you may get uh, um, a win. Uh, I, I know we had uh, good members when we uh, got our only win in the CHL um, from against Salzburg. So, uh, you know, best of luck in them for. Um, yeah, should be, should be good. Should be, uh, board of CHL now, boys. Don't know what it's about. Well, let's move on. Oh. Do you remember when you used to win league, Scott? Do you remember those yeah, days? Yeah, I had hair. When those you had hair, yeah. <laughs> in the black and white days. I think, I think, I, I think even I had hair in those days. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lovely tracksuit as well, you know. Job ah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you yeah, beat yeah. us to it. Um, so, <laughs> we'll move on and we'll, we'll talk about the one thing that you've kind of been evolved with and, and developed into what it is now when the it's obviously the view from the bridge so oh. as with every like podcast or thing that you do what what made what made it what made you start it um aaron kernan good friend aaron kernan um basically he had been listening to a this 2005 and he'd been listening to a uh child Beliefs podcast and um, that I, uh, it was 2005, and I said, what, "What's that? What's the podcast?" And so we we looked into it, and whatever. And then he had to say, he had the idea of saying, "Well, listen, we've we've got an opportunity here because Theo Fleury is just joining the Belfast Giants. So why don't we start something and try it out? And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But we've got an opportunity here of with Theo Fleury coming in of maybe developing a bit of a following or talking about it, whatever. And the first episode starts with the audio of the very first episode of Using the Bridge was the 20th of October, 2005. And um, it starts with the audio of Theo Fleury scoring his first goal for the Belfast Giants against the Edinburgh Capitals. Uh, it was a, an hour-long show of me and Aaron just rambling on, not knowing what we were talking about. Still don't know what I'm talking about, but you know, we rambling on about you know just how that game was and what to expect. And, and that's where it started. Um, and for the last... 18 years it's been um it's been going in one form or another with different people behind the wheel um or with me behind the wheel uh in different formats for for that long it's been um a big part of i didn't when i started i didn't think it was going to be the part of my life that it is and um how long how much longer it'll go for who knows but um but but for now it's actually 
it's just grown and grown into uh, a big part of, of yeah. Well, it's it's still a hobby, but it's talking about the thing that I love talking about, the things that you gentlemen love talking about. Just basically getting your mates together, talking about ice hockey, and amazingly, people want to listen. Just quick question. People, sorry, people Dave. I know, like content. you. Sorry, Dave. I, I I'm just amazed by this and, and fair play, and that's like unreal. Like, how the fuck in 2005 do you begin to think? Right, where can we possibly get an audience to want to listen to us? First and foremost, how you even start to like do it? There's like no social media back in them days. Nope. Where was this kind of information going to? Was it just like on on forums? We were, I, I'm we, mixed. Yeah. Yeah, if you, yeah, that's that's it. Where where did we do all our? T- where do we? What happened in the early? Here I get into my you know, my soapbox. What happened in the early two thousands, right? When we started going on the internet, when we started going on this like uh, on the forums, is talking about ice hockey or talking about any sport, talking about football. Used to be going to the football match, then you went to the pub and you talked to your mates, then you went home, right? That was it. You maybe you maybe talked to your wife about it, but then you went to work. You talked about it a bit more. Then like the internet came along. And being a fan became 24 hours a day. Then one of these mobile phones came along, and it literally is 24 hours a day. You, you, if you go on there right, if you go onto your phone right now, you will find people talking about the elite league at this very moment because that's what happened. Fandom just grew and grew and grew. The forums at that time, as as I'm, no doubt you boys remember, was was were you know everybody was on you know the King of the Chance forum, Stale Talk, Faraday. Uh, what do you call it, the inferno? You know, everybody was on these forums. We were all talking, about it, and people were crossing forums. So that's where you went. So we we recorded it on rudimentary software that we downloaded on my Mac. We used Skype to talk between the two of us because that's that was the means to do it. Uh, we took the file, and my good friend Marty McAllister, uh, which who Dave knows well, Marty Marty was like, "Well, listen, we can stick this or load this on your server here, get a link, and what we'll do is we'll just bounce it around the forums." That's what we did. We bounced it around the forums. And because at that time, there wasn't even software. iTunes hadn't picked up on podcast at that point. There were, there was, you, you made an RSS feed and you just started to fill that. And there was like third party downloadable software, which we'd always check to see if your if there was a new podcast. If there was new, it was, a, it, there, there were even podcasts at that time about how to do podcasts. And they were trying, so I was listening to them and, and saying, right, okay, well, why don't we do this? And why do you do that? And then when things like Twitter came along, like uh, if you, you this is this is where I get really fucking nerdy, boy. So shut me up if you need to. But like if you go on Twitter and you ask what your Twitter number is, right? Your Twitter number that is when you log first logged on to Twitter when you joined Twitter, where you were in the pecking order, as in you know the first person they say Jack, the first person to log on to Twitter his uh, ever his Twitter number is one. My Twitter number is in the ten thousands. I was an early adopter on Twitter. There's now millions upon billions of people. My number's in the 10,000 for Views of the Bridge because when that software came along, I was like, oh, this could be used to, on the podcast. So you just kept putting it along the forums and eventually people picked up on it and it, it, you know, it became what it is now. But back then, it was just basically bouncing around the forums and saying, if you want to try and listen to something to do with that, and let's be fair, most people who didn't give a shit and probably still don't, you know, but so what? You know, I was doing what I was doing, which was talking to one of my good mates about the game that I really enjoy. And if people want to listen to it, did they get anything informative? Probably not. Probably still don't. But that's you know, but you still do it because you enjoy doing it. And you boys get together here on a Sunday night to talk about the game that you enjoy and we all listen to it because people crave content. 
people want to be a fan. People want to hear about the game. People want to hear other people's opinions about the game. And they may not agree with it. Some of the best things on the podcast are when you disagree. Like if if we all said, you know, oh yeah, well, you know, every team is brilliant and isn't this league great? Then nobody listen. The best thing that happens is if some of our biggest so going back and thankfully it's not been in a while, but some of our biggest numbers uh, downloads and, and people watch us have come when the Belfast Giants are shut. Like because people want to hear that. Not just but not yeah. just our own fans. Other fans tune in because they want to hear you being annoyed at your team being shite. That's people just love it. Guilty. Yeah, absolutely. That's why about my thousands of them are probably yeah. me to be fair. <laughs> I'd probably double the numbers on my own. Absolutely, and I think that because that's that's who we are. That's what we crave. That's what we want. We want opinions, but especially if those opinions are in sport are of you know other teams being sad or other fans being sad at the fact that their team are shite. You know, and like Manchester United lost three one to Arsenal. Liverpool won three nil. Very rarely I would tune into a football podcast. I'm going to tune into one tomorrow. Because I really want to hear about how bad Manchester United were, how great Liverpool were. That's just generally that's who we are. That's my kind of listening as well. Like, likewise, likewise, you know, the, the old firm today. I'm going to tune into um, the slide uh, one to hear all the Rangers fans call in and be sad and want Bale sacked because you gain as much joy of other teams losing, especially if you don't like them, as you do of your own team winning. And you can deny it all you want because the people will deny that, but that is true. You know, you love seeing other teams lose. We've, we've never enjoyed Nottingham losing, the three of us. <laughs> no, Honestly, absolutely not. Never not, since good, not since our good friend Omar Pasha's book. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'll say one thing before I go to the next question. Um, I remember the forums days, and, and I think in one respect, I think it's, it's something that's lost to fan bases because that's where yeah. you kind of, you, you chat to people, you argue with people, but it was one of them. Let's meet for a beer somewhere. And you actually got Correct. to know, got to know and learn from other fan bases. And that's where you got the friendships for. I think nowadays yeah. that's completely lost. I mean, some of the forums you mentioned, I, you know, I've, I've said I've not been on the Kingdom Giants for Youngs, but Seal Talks just it's down the path. Anymore, man. You know, they did, you know, it's all Facebook groups and it's very, yeah. you know, siege mentality. It's just your group and you stick. And I think mm-hmm. that's a sad loss to the, to what you, you know, you went to away games and you got to meet people and then you actually, that's where you built your friendships from. So, and I think that's it's something we've mentioned and it's, it is a sad loss. It is. Um, and, and there's and there's nothing I enjoy. Sorry, there's nothing I enjoyed more than going on, especially the Belfast Giants, one than going on to uh, opposition forums and making salient points about how the Belfast Giants were absolutely fabulous and your team were absolute dos. You know what I mean? That's that's, that's a little, you know, I've that's never noticed thing. that over the years. You, no, you must have kept that quite no. discreet. To be fair, um, nobody knew it was me, John. Nobody knew it was me. <laughs> um. So one question I do want to ask you, you mentioned you've had, obviously, Aaron and, and Marty. You've had a few people uh, involved, uh, obviously, Joel, mm. uh, Davey, um, the coach, uh, before he went to bigger and better things. Um, retired from hockey. Retired from hockey, that's the one. And obviously, Simon, um, you know, mm. there's a lot of people and it's, as an episode... As a, as a, as a, as well. Of course, yeah. As, as a yeah, product that's yeah. gone from just voice only to, to voice and video, um, yeah. how much work goes into it across the board to, to make it work? It's a team effort. Um, it always has been. Like it, it always, always has been. And I, and I wouldn't work if it wasn't. Um, the amount that like, you've got. Well, you look at what we have now in um, Davey, who is his knowledge of the game is remarkable. His statistic, his statistic analysis, and the way we're able to use the video now, thanks to the, the guys at Jam TV and like that, uh, has been really, really enjoyable. And then you get Simon, who 
doesn't hold back in his opinions. Who has who's a former uh, Irish international, and uh, you know probably should have played for the Giants, but was born at the at the wrong time. You know, um, and then he goes down to train, and he gets the, you know he knows the guys, and gets a few video, gets a few audios, and we're able to. We're also really heavily supported by the Belfast Giants, and uh, and that came around 2012, 2013, where they said, listen, and we were to be fair, it didn't just happen then. Um, uh, Todd Kelman, I don't know if you've heard of that guy, but he was involved with the Giants back in like you know back in whatever. Uh, I think he retired from hockey after they left Belfast, but the um, he he was you know, he would come on quite regularly on the our show, and, uh, and <laughs> what was quite funny was he came and he sat and we had a chat about it once, and he says. I understand what I was doing now when I was coming on your show. Now, what do you mean you understand what you were doing? And I said, I used to just like, you know, that there and I didn't know what the hell was going on. I just was basically chatting about hockey. I mean, it was, we were recording it. He said, oh, I know, I know. I just didn't know what it was. So, yeah, but he was more than happy. And, you know, the person touched with like the coaches, the players, and then the support from Robert Fitzpatrick and uh, and the Belfast Jazz organization now has just allowed us to go on to the bigger and better things. And, when it comes to organizing what we have in the show, you know, I'll be honest with you, if I quite enjoy the summertime sometimes because the amount of, you know, we, you know yourself, sometimes you've put so much effort into sort of putting these things together. Then, you know, in, in your case, you'll maybe go into editing and putting stuff and then getting it uploaded and stuff. It takes a hell of a lot of time to, to put a podcast in. But yeah, and, it, and if the team's not playing well, because you, okay, you guys are more generic EHL podcast. But if, if if the Belfast Giants aren't playing well, it's a fucking chore. Like it is really, really difficult to get the boys up and myself up to go and sit in front of the you know, front now in front of a camera and 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 talk about this and then get it out there. But you know, we've committed to doing it and we have a following and, and we have a schedule that we try to keep to and uh, and and you know and thankfully, and I say this quite humbly, is that you know people listen. And people watch. And I went back to Belfast there last week uh, for stag day, and I'm still recovering. But I was I got to go to the um I got to go to the game, and the amount of people who were very kindly coming up and saying lovely things and kind things and saying you you we watch every week and I really enjoy it and you know I'm, I'm not just from fans we've had you know we've had coaching staff and players and you know people say that they they they, they listen and they they watch all the time and. I, Let's be fair. I'm a dickhead engineer from Belfast who knows how to put his face on the internet. You know, it, it you know, we just talk about we just talk about hockey, and and people are kind enough to to tune in and listen. So it's very humbling, but it's uh it's something we've been doing for a long, long time, and um, something we enjoy. On one of your episodes, though, mm-hmm. if one of you can go a whole well, all of you can go an episode. Without mm-hmm. saying a player's nickname and call them by their actual name, I'll do a forfeit. Because I love you guys. You can't do it. You cannot say, what was it? Coops, everything. Every player last year under the sun, it yeah, was yeah. the nickname. Tom, so if you, if you can do that. Tom, rubber. Yeah. It's like, just call it. Yeah. I've always, I've always slagged you know off for that. I, I take that. I take that. I 100% take that because I went for a run this morning. I've listened to five lives on my run. And, um, Eleanor Aldroyd, who's you know a wonderful broadcaster on Five Live, she had Steve Finn uh, to talk about the cricket on uh, on, on this morning and talk about the one the the ODI against New Zealand, and she kept calling him Finny. Yeah, and I'm like, you can't call him Finny on national radio. Come on! And I realised you're absolutely right. We do it on our podcast yeah. all the effing time. Calling you out. Uh, yeah. 
Anyway, what's the forfeit then? What's the forfeit? I don't know because uh, they won't be able to do it. So I, I've got no qualms. You it's going to be Panthers related. Here's, here's, oh, no. Here, here's, it here's, would have oh, to be Panthers related. Here's the forfeit. Um, the forfeit is, and if we can do it before the, the first time that we play Coventry, I'm bringing a Belfast Giants shirt down to the, uh, okay. the Sky Dome. Yeah, and you're wearing it for the whole game. You're wearing it for the whole game. The whole game. The whole game in the away end. I'm not concerned, mate. It's not an issue. You just won't be able to do it. <laughs> okay, um, anyway, I'll bring in, I've got a CHL shirt here behind me. I'm going to bring it down. It'll work for the whole game. Fine. Just one anyway. more, and it kind of puts in together for what you said on uh, your, your uh, of you from the bridge last week. Um, I remember the forum days, and I had a random person say they could tell me what I was wearing and what I was drinking at a game, and they used to post it on the Elite League forum. Uh, so we would, I, I would call him a bit of a stalker. His name was Richard. So Richard, if you're listening, hi mate. Um, you put out about stalkers being in Belfast or people turning up at the spa. How big of an issue is it? Bigger issue than I realised. I'll be honest, with you, I, I can't say more of that. But a bigger, a bigger issue than I realised. I like let's be fair. Every team has. Player fans who want a piece of what's going on. They want to know that these are heroes, and they want to. Excuse me, they want to be part of it, and that's fine. But I, yeah, there there have been incidents, especially last season, that made me go shit seriously. Like somebody did that, and it's intrusive, intrusive. So hopefully, uh, as Davy said, don't be a melter. You know, just. People just need different life. Like, and like I say, people would come to the end of the game, and it's fine. You, know, I remember we had the Sky Dome, and obviously the bus comes around the back where they are, and they all come out, and there were Belfast Giants fans standing there waiting to talk to the Giants as they're going to get on the bus. And that's fine. Go and have a chat. Maybe they know them. Maybe they've spoken to them. And, the, and we're we're in a position where you know that sort of social interaction is sometimes key to what we have as as organizations and as elite league. You know, we, we we talked about television's Neil Coach Russell and the fact that he you know went on to be at the storm. One of the things he brought in the storm, which he was absolutely right to do, was that when the team finished in the dressing room, they put their suits on, they went to the bar and they spoke to the fans. They develop you develop a culture that links the fans to the team, to the organization. You create something because ultimately if the storm are shite, you need to bring these people along with you. If the storm were shite, they need to, they need to bring people along with you. I'm swearing a lot in this place, but I'm yeah. But like the, the uh, you need to bring you need to bring the fans along with you, and the way you do that is you develop a link between the guys on the ice and the fans in the in the stand, and so you make it more of a social thing. So then, when the team aren't playing well, it doesn't matter. They're our boys, and we're going to support them. When the team's playing well, it's easy. People turn up for a winning team. At the drop of a hat, I had three mates who barely ever watch hockey who came with me to the game against Cardiff because I don't know if you know, but we won three trophies last year. So we're all, you know, they were more than happy to come and be part of it. The problem that lands when that link becomes a bit too familiar and people start to think that they deserve more than just paying for a ticket and watching a game of ice hockey. Listen, we all have, we all see them, we all see people saying, I, but I'm a season ticket holder, I deserve more. No, you bought a season ticket, and that, that that is a ticket for a season of ice hockey. That's what you bought, and you get it a little bit cheaper. That's it. Now, you may get some perks beyond that, and you're very lucky if you do, but don't develop this into something that's a bit more familiar than what it should be. Let the guys do their job. Let them go home. They're people too. 
Don't worry about the swearing front. Um, John, myself, and Scott have had episodes where it has been an absolute tear up on that front. Mm. And I agree with you in the respect of the, the familiarity gets. I mean, we have it in Sheffield at the moment where every team has it. And every team has it. But I obviously go on my own mm. experience, and it's you just wonder. It's there is, is it too familiar? And it's because it, this sport, in respect of interaction with players to fans, I don't think there is one in the country that has that that ease of access. If you want the photo, if you want the shirt signed, it's there readily. Many opportunities throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and you obviously you hear tidbits of what's going off over in Belfast and you just go, is it maybe time that clubs just remind fans that, look, you've got to have opportunities. They're also, this is their job. They've got homes to go to, you know. And maybe it's maybe mm-hmm. some clubs just, just remind fans. I think sometimes fans need that reminder of, you know, you're a fan. Yeah. Um, you can have chances to get photos with your heroes and all that, but there's a time and a place. Yeah, and 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 people need to realise that if you start to take the piss, then things get taken away. Like you, should, you want the access to the players, that's grand, but if you start to take the piss, then it's going to be more difficult, and that sort of stuff gets taken away, and everybody loses. You know, that's just the way life is. But it's, yeah, it it was disappointing. It was disappointing. Like. Initially, I thought maybe it was a little bit overblown, um, but then some I was hearing things that I was just like, "No, oh, there are some very strange people out there." Yeah, that's that's, a, that's a, a very valid point about people. Sometimes I just want to go back onto the um, when it, when you, in essence you became the voice of the giants in, in respect of being the official line. Um, I don't agree with that, but go on. <laughs> okay, go on. No, no, no. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Just ask okay. question. Go ahead. No, no. I, I, when I say that, it's it's become you know the official podcast, and it's uh, maybe yes, the, okay. the official okay. voice yeah. of maybe a bit hard, but it's it's definitely got a um, a earned um, status for the work you do. How did that relationship? Uh, I know you touched on it previously, but how did that relationship really build on? We got told, <laughs> we got told that we were um, we um, <laughs> so obviously we were the unofficial voice of the Belfast Jazz, and that was all. We were the unofficial voice, of, sorry, the unofficial podcast of the Belfast Jazz, the unofficial podcast. That was our, our show open for years and years and years. And um, and then me and Davey worked hard with what was like the the hockey hall, the British Hockey Hall of Fame, to get um, Jim Gillespie recognised. Um, Jim was very ill at that time. He got better, but uh, unfortunately he's now gone. But he was very ill at that time. We thought we wanted to actually just get Jim recognised for the work he did in what was a very difficult scenario with Belfast to to keep Belfast running as a club because we felt that he deserved it. We worked hard with the members of the Hockey Hall of Fame, the British Hockey Hall of Fame, we, with all of those guys. We, we we lobbied and lobbied and lobbied and eventually we got it. And then the night that we presented it to him, you know, they wanted to make a big, the Jazz wanted to make a big thing of it. Fine. Um, and myself, Davey and um, Neil, uh, coach went onto the ice and it was then that basically Todd Kelman just went and they're now the official <laughs> podcast of the Belfast Giants and I was like what? what? I went up and basically uh, on the way off the ice Robert Fitzpatrick pointed at me and went God, yeah you didn't, weren't expecting that and I went we'll talk about this because I had this thing of, you know, we want to be an official. We want to have our own control. We want to be able to say what we want to say. We, we, want, we don't want to be muted by an organization who wants us to just put out the party line. We have this ability without having to be part of, you know, what you are. And then I went up and sat with Marty McAllister, you know, uh, Fish, all those guys. And as I walked up, they were all going, boo, sell out, sell out. You give me a bit of shit. Anyway, ultimately, uh, I didn't have to worry. You know, we have 
had opportunities over the course of the what nearly nine, nearly ten years, over ten years now, uh, of the the official status, um, where we I have had run-ins with the organisation, um, and every time it's fallen on our side, you know where we have had bad scenarios, we had had uh, we have had angry words with Robert Fitzpatrick and with um, and with Steve Thornton. Um, I have had angry words, and, and you know they have come and said you can't say this you can't do that we want this and they've been told no and that's basically been, basically the word is listen i'll just bring it back to being the unofficial podcast about the last chance and just keep doing what i'm doing it's that this is up to you and they and the, to be fair they've been like listen that's this is fair enough sometimes they're like be reasonable and because sometimes i've looked back and we went okay we've been angry and we've tried to tone it back a little bit but ultimately you know they have given us free reign on our editorial approach um and uh, yeah, we've never really bowed to any sort of pressure from an organisation to not say what we want to say. I will say, and I can see Scott smirking because I think he might want to say it, but I will say that we have mellowed a little bit. I will say we have mellowed a little bit and maybe it's the familiarity of the organisation, maybe it's the familiarity of the players, maybe it's the familiarity of that. It also could be the fact that I'm now 42 and I'm not 27, you know, and you know, I don't really give a shit about you know being just the angry person anymore, which... I just used to enjoy, but um, or maybe it's down to the fact that you know, if I call, if I say, you know, if I say, Scott Collins, sorry, sorry, Scott Collins, if I say Collins is rubbish, and then try to call him up a week later and say we come on our show, he'll say no. So maybe there is a level of that, but yeah, that's this is a sort of yin and yang of trying to be an official podcast. As you get old as well, though, Paddy, you know, it's like. The game isn't as important as, you, as it used to be. We used to take it so much more seriously, and people would fall out. You know, you and I have gone to war several times. I couldn't give two shits now. If someone wants to, you know, <laughs> go, then that's fine. Do you know what I mean? Like even fan bases fall out with each other over the game, and I keep saying all the time, "It's only a game. It's only a game." At the end of the day, do you well, know what I mean? See, yes, yes. But if you can understand it and enjoy that aspect of it, but still both pull back from it, I enjoy that. I enjoy basically just trying to needle and giving it a bit, I don't know if you know, trying to needle and seeing if I can get a reaction because that side of it is grand. But then you can go to the pub and you can have a pint. The amount of times I've pissed so many people off. And then, but then I went to the pub and only, only in a handful of times, not just opposition fans, but fans of that fast chance who've come up to me and offered me a pint. A player offered me at, at, the, at the playoffs <laughs> about some of the shit we were saying on the podcast. But you know, it's just understand, again, it's a bit like the CHL. It's just understanding what it is and what your role is within it. The problem is now, though, that like with with social media and the presence people have, and if you're fairly kind of profile on social media, people think they know you, don't they? They think they know you, whether you're a fan, a player, whatever. You know, they may see you posting things and they get an opinion of you, right or wrong. I've heard about me. People said, "I thought you're a knob." In real life, you're actually a decent guy, you know. And I'm like, "Oh, okay, no, I'm I'm sure. no, I am yeah, actually a No, I didn't say you. I can, about I me. Just, I can just put it on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll show the takeaway. But I'm like, okay, thanks. I think you know, and it's just kind of funny. But like, just see if what it is at the end of the day. It's just having a bit of fun. But as we've seen recently, there's some people taking it a bit too far in the league this year. We've gone back to like you know, pre sort of 2010 <laughs> days. <laughs> and, and I, <laughs> some I interesting characters I, appearing. I think this also brings it back to the point Dave was making earlier, which was you know the it all has become you know 140 characters on Twitter or basically little bits on Facebook. It's not about you know the forum. You remember like you know and, you know you look at what we were doing in the forums and then you had like meetups for the forums. You met, met like 
big Dave Steeler. You know, me and Dave go back to you know, all the way back then, and you and and you and you meet up and you and you get to know people and you get to know people a bit better. You realize that you know they're not their persona that they are on the internet, but people now don't really give a shit because there's so many people on Twitter given that this, this, and this that they just make instant you know, inst- you give them an instant impression of yourself, and they'll hold that, or they'll make an instant impression of you, and they'll hold that, and uh, and and it just doesn't develop the way that they did in the old forums. No, it definitely done. And, you know, official podcast. Um, either way, it's, uh, it's done. It's, uh, it's done a lot of good, um, in terms of content for the British game. And like, like I said earlier on, it's allowed the likes of ourselves and other podcasts that cover the Elite League to start their own and, uh, and long may it continue. Uh, I think we can, all agree on, Thank you. we can all agree on that one. Um, we'll move on because uh, we could talk about it fairness. We could talk about that topic for a long time. Um, Scott, um, I believe you have uh, a topic you want to raise. Riley Brandt, <laughs> not having it. So he's playing a meaningless friendly against a inferior French team and Cox gets challenged by a, a D-man. Cox needs to be realised that it's a pre-season friendly. He can stick up for himself, whether he just grabs a guy and rolls around with him. But Brandt leaves the bench. Brandt leaves the Brent bench to jump over a guy, try drive his head into the ice effectively because he's out of control. This is going to sound ridiculous, and I know it sounds ridiculous, but Cardiff scheduled a tweet. They scheduled a tweet because it went out exactly at 9am with a photo of Brandt mugging this guy. If you look at that photo, third uh, of September, nine a.m. It was an advert for the for the game. It's very similar to how Batuzzi put Moore's head into the ice. I'm not joking, and I know it sounds ridiculous, but it is. And he mugs him, comes off the bench, jumps over. Not to mention his two knives are in the air. His skate blades are up by someone's head because he's lost control. Because he has to be the guy that's protecting. Cox, for me, Riley Brandt is not a signing that's needed in this league. For me, I don't. He didn't do no, enough for me last year. You'll get uh, you'll get Cardiff fans saying he's living in my head rent free because that's the the new saying. Apparently, he's not. <laughs> I just feel like if you have got Peroni there as well, he can look after him. I don't think he'll last. Um, I thought it was disgusting what he did. Um, stay off the ice. Don't try and mug someone head. And then when he did. The other guy did get up. He slapped him around a little bit. I I was really pissed off with it, boys. I don't know if my, I realise bringing the Batuzzi thing in, but if you look at that picture, it's a joke. No, I must admit, what the, the thing that irked me a little bit is the video today, Here Comes the Boom. And you're like, I, I'm all for physical hockey. Don't go I think we all are. Certainly, a generation that enjoyed a lot of good physical hockey from our respective teams. But if you're going to advertise stuff, you know, advertise the hit. There was the one hit in just going back onto the CHL game, the uh, Giants and Tapper. Very good hit. Superb. You want to use a here comes a boom tag? That's spot on. Clean hit. Superb. That one, I just, I just thought it was a bit of a shit show. So, what are you trying to promote? Because if that happens in the league, you know, he's getting. Three games? Is that what is that the level you want to promote? What's the minimum tariff for leaving the bench is three games? In fairness, the league's minimum tariff is two games. Everything gets two games. 
Oh. I understand what you're saying. Um, if you go by the um, the rule book, but I just felt it was a bit unnecessary. You know, you've, you've scored a lot of goals against the team. Why don't you use that? I just felt I, I felt Cardiff missed the mark on that one. Don't know what you thought, John. Yeah, it's a bit bizarre. Um, it's effectively glorifying what he did. Um, you, you can't go promoting that. And I know, I, I don't get Roddy Brandt. I, I've told you before, I don't get it. He does not get in Belfast's team. He does not get in Sheffield's team. Barely would get in Nottingham's team. And I know they're carrying a spare import. Um, so technically he's a spare. But Scotty said, him and Pietrino, Pietronero are the same player. In respect that they go around banging guys about, he brings no offense. I know he's he's liked by the fans and he's on everyone's social media and they're all bigging him up. What a great guy! I had my, you know, picture taken with him. There's better players than him. They should be bringing in. And what an irresponsible thing to do when you're doing that in a friendly game. As Scotty said, at the end of the day, it's a nothing game, meaningless game. He can injure himself. You know, let alone injure any other people. You go flying in like that, you, you know, you're losing all kind of judgment of what you're doing. He could have smacked his own head on the ice, broke his arm. But the, what did what have you done then? I don't get it. And I just think that if you're that indisciplined in pre-season, don't get me wrong, there's going to be people spinning it saying, oh, yeah, he's good. He's looking after his, his one of his star players. Bullshit. At the end of the day, players can stand up for themselves. It was nothing that justified doing what he did. Cox wasn't getting mugged in the corner and getting hammered and he was trying to protect him from getting further injured. I can't think of a single reason to defend it and if they're effectively glorifying it with a with a scheduled tweet and as you said the picture looked terrible. I don't understand it's a bit of an own goal. Absolutely. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. I hope that on the thirtieth of September in that first game against the Glasgow clan that he does it again. And I hope when he comes back from from a, I hope when he comes back from suspension, he does it again. And I hope when he comes back from that suspension, he does it again, because that's it's disastrous. So I loved it absolutely. Keep keep it keep it coming, really. And um, Captain Hero, like I thought, you, you talk about the, the the here comes there was a there was a hit in Belfast where um, I can't remember who we had, but Captain Hero came in to, to have a fight on that what was a clean hit mid ice. I have no issue with that. You know, I mean, you've got the set home. You know, if you, it may have been a clean hit, but just because it's a clean hit doesn't mean you just leave it. You can still set a home and come in and protect your uh, protect the guys on the ice, regardless of how clean it was. But yeah, it was so idiotic. It's like it's like McNally at Sheffield. Keep it coming, boys. More of that because if you want to bring those players in and they're going to hamper your own team by doing stupid things on the ice, hi hi from Belfast. Keep it coming. It, yeah, it's, it was. It, I, I'm with you in that respect of clean hits. I, I have no problem with fights. You know, set a marker. Um, I suppose we remember just when when hits were good, and you kind of it, there was a nod of okay. And there's, I, I suppose re- more recently, it's any hit you get the pile on, you get the the line coming together instead of a line brawl. Um, although we did say on the Nottingham deep dive how good it would be for ten uh, bench clearances next season. That would be good. Yeah. Imagine Twitter. Imagine yeah, Twitter yeah. on that. Yeah, but the, the, the thing about the thing about the hit, I know I'm, I'm obviously being facetious, but the thing about that is, is that the standard. I agree with John that I don't think he's, he, he's the player that you, I don't think it's the player that Cardiff Devils need right now. This isn't 1995. You know, we don't. This game has changed, and this game is about speed and 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 puck handling. You know, yes, you still need a bit of physicality on the ice. Yes, you still have to look after yourself, but you don't need that. And you know, it's I find it remarkable that. 
the, the Cardiff Devil. I mean, listen, maybe this is just a bit of a show for for uh, for preseason. Maybe this is just something that you know that they're having a bit of fun with, and that they can you know develop a bit of social media presence to sort of put it out there and look, 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 we're you know we're the Chiefs, and we're, we're going to have a fight tonight, and we're going to have Riley Brandt, and you can come down and see it, buy your tickets now, come and enjoy it. You know, maybe that's what it is, but it still looks a bit stupid. He's hardly Brad Voss, though, is he? He's like four no. foot three. No. You know, he's not box office, is he? He's like a Poundland version of, of Brad Voss. I, I he, don't didn't even land a, he didn't even land a, put, a glove. He, he went in all full pout. It was a, a one-two pump, that was. He was in and out. When it wasn't even a quickie. He, he what was... kind of show is this going to now? <laughs> We're going in a very uh, <laughs> obscure direction, Scott. <laughs> Sorry, boys. I'm a listener. Keep it going, Scott. I like it. <laughs> no, I, I go. Oh, we're after nine now. It's okay. Carry on. Right, I was just, just absolutely. If you're not listening to this podcast Baffled. after nine o'clock, switch off now and wait till after nine o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try to warn you. No, it's just yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm just baffled. I'm baffled, but I'm, it won't be the first time I'm baffled. We we've not even started the season, so uh... Pete Russell's not a mug, right? We we know he's he's done very well in Germany and he had his DL shot didn't go but he's done very well in in DL two years and you know he knows how to put together a side he knows how to coach a side he's taken GB to the heights that he's that they're at now not that I give a stuff but he's taken the heights to the, the GB where they are now who's signed this player and who's sending him out to do that and has he come back off like did he play tonight did he play tonight against Samuel? Because he's got he two goals in preseason. Apparently, we yeah, need but, to hail, hail him as the Messiah. But as like, we... like this, this game has changed. And like, did he play tonight? If he did, then what? What's going on here? Because I don't care. I really don't understand it. Patrick, I agree. I mean, I made the bold prediction back in June, which you probably have seen me saying that, based upon Russell being the coach and the Brits said signed Cardiff wins the league. Then he goes and signs certain players after. I'm like, what? There's no way he signed Riley Brand. For me, that's not a Pete Russell signing. Whether they've talked him into having him as a spare, I don't know. But I, I do not think he's a, a Russell signing. He's going to be on the penalty kill more often than not with a guy like that in the team. And in the BBT days, I kind of got it. It was a small rink. It was a tight rink. The team had a poor budget. They needed guys to go running around, taking a few guys' heads off. And the fans go home happy they lost 7-1. But at least they won the fight in the last five minutes of the game. People remember the fight and they go home happy. They got they got bigger things to sort of worry about now, like winning, trying to win trophies and keeping the crowd happy about guys yeah. having a few big hits and having a few. Floor of fights. averages though with Russell, twenty new players. A lot obviously the Brits that he didn't pick for GB this year. He's got them uh, and all the new players he's brought in. Law of averages, Pete's going to fall out of a couple of them, so they'll change their squad. Well, maybe more than Belfast do. Uh, no, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I the think well, the other side, so the other side of it is I don't mean to, I don't don't mean this to sound like you know Manchester United fans harking back for for an era gone by, but Andrew Lord wouldn't have had a player like that in his side. Yeah, I'm you know sure. what I mean. That 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 is not a player that Lord would have had in his side. And again, you know, we're we're judging this on preseason games. You know, we're judging this on one event that happened there plus a couple of other bits and pieces, but. If that's a, if that's an example of what this player could do or what this player is, great. I'd get it if he scored twenty five goals a season. I would get it. 
It was bringing the offense, and at the end of the day, you can say, oh, well, you might get the odd ban here and there. You might take a few dumb penalties, but he scores goals. He doesn't even do that. I'm not counting those two preseason games that fans are talking about. Look at starts last season. Look at Petronio starts last season. There's two guys you carry, and that's going to be barely a half a point a game. Fourth line or not. Not good mm. enough. So John's clearly a fan. Um, <laughs> As a matter of of course. Um, I'll look at John and Scott for if any other topics want to raise whilst we're on the recording. What's we got, Paddy? Patrick, predictions. Um, we've got a target on our backs. Everybody knows that. Um, we have a. We now have a, what? What a. You know, it's the Adam Keith dynasty. He has won trophies more or less every single year. We've had a full season, uh, and he has. You know. Every time he has uh, now got a history of success, we've changed our banners to, to, to sort of reflect that in the in the SSC arena, and therefore we now have an expectation. Um, I think we have a team that will be there or thereabouts. I think, and I you know I, I try to be I try to be humble. I try to be. I do. I know. Don't, don't laugh. I do. Get off um, that fence, Paddy. Uh, he was doing so answer. well. I was thinking he's had a great <laughs> night. Peak Tory. And he's just literally lying now. We're go- we're going to win the league, mate. There you go. I thought you were say fourth place. Then you're building him to like, oh well. You no, know, no, no. I, 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 I. If we stay, if we stay fit, if we stay fit, I think we win the league. Okay. My main, con- my main concerns. We challenge are, you. My main concern is Mr. Grant's team. Uh, in Sheffield, I think that we have ridiculed Aaron Fox so much. Surely he can get it right. The only thing is, he's brought back a couple of players that I don't rate in the slightest. Uh, one you're going to have on, and uh, you know, you can tell I don't rate him in the slightest. Um, I think he's a, a, a not a big game player, but I yeah. think bringing back certain certain players, you need to be big game players. You can't vanish in the big games. You know, and I think there are certain little bits and pieces that the minuscule clan do worry me slightly. Really? Me slightly. Yeah. Really? Just the slightly. Jets? They do. Just are you slightly. like just being a bit ironic now? Are you just going to just... Sort of Why? There's, there's something... I think they've got a bit of speed. I think they've got decent enough... Are you on speed? <laughs> Cody Saul is a bad is a bad sign. It's a bad sign. I think it's a bad sign. But there is a level of me that thinks that the clan could do something this year. I think Have you seen the Brits? Board. I, I think no. Lackman's a good, good player. Lackman's a great player. Uh, Cowney, you know. Exactly. Cowney, Cowney, yeah, but then you're looking at... No, you don't need, not gonna get... But you don't need... But we've, but we've increased the import level. You don't need the depth of the Brits. So I think that... I think you're playing three lines gonna, in. I think, well, I think they're going to... I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. I do. I definitely, definitely do. So you think right, top listen, four? Have me on the end. Of, have have me on the end of the season. Play this segment back. Laugh at me all you want. No, that's fine. I, I've I, talked I, shit in June I think, when I knew. I th- I th- no signings. I think there is a team there that if now this goes back on what I said earlier in the in the podcast, which is you can't come in as a fucking coach into this league and think you're going to win it all. You know they brought in a brand new coach to this league, but there's a level there that I think there's going to be a few surprises. And I think that the, the minuscule clan are one of the surprises. All right, so then clan get the top yeah, four. Who, miss, who misses out then? Which two teams don't make the top eight? Belfast, Sheffield, uh, clan and... 
Cardiff for the top four. And then who don't make the top eight? Yeah. Fife and Dundee. Yeah, I'd go with that. I, I, don't get me wrong. Love Mark Lefebvre. Love him to pieces. He's such a good guy. But, you know, you're coming back into the league. You've had a lot of time out of this league. You're coming back into the league. You've signed some good players. But I don't see Dundee. I don't see Dundee doing it. Before the season starts, uh, us three will put our league predictions. We've already wrote them out. Uh, and we'll do it probably the weekend before the season starts. But I, I'll do a spoiler. I have the clan in eighth. Not, not sure I agree with that. You have them in seventh. I've got the list. I don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> have, I, 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 have you got my list from like? <laughs> yeah. No, cool, I would, got, I, from last week. Underestimate. I think uh, underestimate. Uh, of course, peril. yeah. I underestimate them at your peril. I think they've got a very good goalkeeper, and you, we all know if you've got a very good goalkeeper, then you have you have the ability to pull off wins here, there, and everywhere. No, hundred percent. I don't think I've put my prediction in yet, so I'll get that through to you, Scott. But I no, you haven't. You're playing that game. I'm not playing that game. I just completely forgot to do it. Um, but well, I, can I just say one more thing? Sorry, Dave. Just to, just to shock people as well. I hope the Storm do well, and I don't say that lightly. I don't say I like I like Ginner, and I think I hope the Storm do well because Ginner's a good guy, and I think he just has a love. I had a great interview with you guys the other day, and I thought that was excellent. And he talks very well. Like guys, yeah, yeah, yeah he's 100%. He, he did talk very well, and uh, uh, for Goldie as well, um, makes us look a bit more intelligent than people think we are. So, uh, um, we'll wrap it up there, guys. We, we could probably go on for another hour or so, and we'll probably we'll, we'll get you back on, Paddy, and uh, we'll see how the predictions go, uh, come April mm-hmm. time. But, uh, thank you for giving up your time this evening, mate. Um, it's been a, it's been a pleasure. Uh, listen, the pleasure's all mine, mate. It's good to see you and uh, keep up the good work. You've got a you've got a regular listener in me. It's, uh, I, I'm humbled that you uh, take time to ask me on. So thank you very much. No, no, thank you ever so much, John Scott. Another good one. This is probably be the best guest we've had on so far. Who would have thought? Like me, like about five years ago, Sir <laughs> Patrick Smith was the best guest we had on the podcast. Hey, that we do a podcast in the first place anyway. <laughs> you know, and then be, I'll be saying that. But no, Paddy, quality mate, absolutely fantastic. And and I'm kind of surprised you didn't predict winning the Grand Slam, the boat race, Stanley Cup, you know. So it shows you are getting more mature in your old age, you know. Yeah. One step at a time, John. One Getting a little bit more time. humble. One step <laughs> at a time. Grand <laughs> National. Right, let's be honest. <laughs> Paddy, he knows, he, he's predicting the Grand Slam, and of course he is. Uh, Paddy, cheers, <laughs> mate. Uh, let's close the gate. Let's consider the gate close on another episode of the Fear Free Podcast. <laughs>